Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. Come on, jump in here at 512-836-0590. The uh, Texas Politics Project at the University of Texas. Yeah, it's a new UT Texas Politics uh, Project poll. As primary voting gets uh, is about to get underway, Texans see uh, a crisis at the border, according to the story. Yeah, a majority of Texas voters support making it harder for uh, illegal aliens fleeing violence in their home countries to seek asylum in the United States. While majorities also support many of the controversial measures that have been undertaken by Governor Greg Abbott and the legislature in response to the situation there on the border. And, uh, and basically, according to the February 2024 University of Texas, Texas Politics poll, 59% of Texas voters who favor making it harder for uh, migrants fleeing the violence in their home countries to seek asylum in the United States. And it includes nearly three quarters of uh, Republicans and nearly half of all the Democrats across the state of Texas. Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. That sounds like a mandate. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah, I mean, I mean, some of these, some of these, uh, the numbers in this polling about when it comes to border security are massive, especially when you look at Republicans and Democrats both. You know, not not divided along their party lines, but actually, they say, yeah, among likely voters among Republican and Democrat, they ninety plus percent believe that they should build more walls and stuff. Yeah, thirty three percent strongly support stopping or making it harder for them to seek asylum. Thirty three percent strongly support making it more difficult. And uh, 26% are uh, somewhat supportive. Well, they say that these attitudes are feeding uh, some concern as waves of migrants overwhelm the strained resources uh, between our border. And it continues, Texas continues to spend uh, a large sum of money on the border enforcement. Uh, nearly half of Texas voters, 48%, think the number of uh, illegal aliens attempting to cross the border is a crisis. While another 23% uh, considered a very serious uh, problem, but not yet a crisis. I don't know what how 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 many more highs it has to rise to yeah. in order for somebody to finally look at it as a crisis, which it absolutely one hundred percent is. And in fact, the federal government knows that, and that's why they were telling Mayorkas not to say crisis. And now they're thinking about tossing them out and getting somebody else. Yeah, because you know we need to change the narrative about this being a crisis. It absolutely is, and they know it. Well, you know what? Uh, changing Mayorkas, uh, replacing him with somebody else. For some people out there. Some people out there that are, you know, for open borders, they would say, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to get a different feel. It's going to be there. It's going to be better now. Mm. Somebody else is there. It's gonna, they will actually think it's going to be better. When in reality, what you would probably get is someone who's even more, uh, more unwilling or incapable of getting the job done as Mayorkas currently. Now, and, you know, and to some degree, it's, he's bound by Joe Biden. You know, it's not all him, but, you know, a lot of it is. Yeah. Uh, all right, jump in here at 512-836-0590. Now in the uh, the presidential uh, ballots in the uh, in the race to the White House, 
in a matchup that included three candidates currently campaigning outside, uh, you know, the major party nominations process. Trump led with uh, 45 percent, followed by Joe Biden at 36 percent. Robert F. Kennedy, 6 percent. Cornell West, 3 percent. You got the Green Party candidate, uh, Jill Stein, getting 2 percent. Now, in a hypothetical multi-candidate multi matchup, 8% were undecided. Uh, compared to the head-to-head -head, uh, trial ballot between uh, the two major political parties, Biden's total decreased by 5 percentage points and Trump's by 3 percentage points with the addition of, uh, of the named alternatives. Now, uh, if, the, uh, if, the, if the race was today, according to this uh, UT Texas politics poll, Trump would get 45% of the votes and Joe Biden 36%. A margin of error, about three percentage points either direction. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Jump in at 512-836-0590. You know, I, I think it's pretty telling when you have, uh, you know, a number of, I mean, I think it's about, when asked about the border policy, for example, and the way Greg Abbott has been handling it down there and, and bringing the, the troops and, and sort of the militarization of the border along there, I think it's like two-thirds of, of, of respondents it, it, in Republican and Democrats combined, actually support it. Um, I think it's pretty telling, you know, that that this is obviously a very big, very very big issue for people. It's, I'm not surprised by the presidential polling. Well, a lot of people still have uh, the 2020 election in their minds. Mm -hmm. A lot of people still dealing with that issue in their minds, right? Uh, the UT Texas Politics Pro they describe it as dark attitudes from the 2020 election and violent reaction to its uh, outcome uh, among Trump supporters. Uh, continue to lurk in the Texas uh, political opinion as the former president continues to face some legal challenges related to, uh, uh, quote, his attempts to undo the results of the 2020 election, including his uh, uh, instigation of and response to the storming of the U.S. Capitol. That's what the UT Politics Project, that's how they described uh, the, 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 the January the 6th events that happened there at the White House. When he says, go... Go protest peacefully. Yeah, that was the instigation of yeah. an insurrection that wasn't, and the world's first unarmed insurrection. Come on, yeah. none of that was true. A majority say fifty-eight percent say that Joe Biden legitimately won the twenty twenty presidential election. Only fifty-eight percent. That's not good. A lot of people. A lot of people that question it. Yeah, that's not good. Mm -hmm. All right, let's see. Uh, jump in here. Five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Let's see. Shane is checking in from Smithville this morning. I'm making. Wait too long, Shane. Good morning. Hey, sorry. Uh, uh, sorry. Um, I'm sorry. No, no problem. Waiting. I, I wanted to cut back to the Fayette power plant thing real quick, if I may. Uh, there's a secondary fallout to that. It, it happened at the state Fairfield Park, and and that is once these power plants shut down, they, they just sell the land off to the highest you know bidder, usually an out of state developer, who just bulldozes the land and, and builds a big box neighborhood around this lake that we all used to be able to access to fish and swim so for the people out there who want to shut these plants down just stay involved afterwards because you'll be surprised what happens to that land and that beautiful lake when they shut that that plant down should that plant be shut down the fayette power plant no i mean we look i'm a hunter and a fisher we all want clean water and air the technology is not there in 50 years yeah i'd love everything to be solar and 
and clean. It's, it's not there. So no, it needs to stay active, and I need to I need the boat ramp open so I can fish there. There you go. And when when they shut the plant down, you know, a, a California developer is going to buy it and, and build a bunch of houses, and we'll never see it again. Yeah, you may be right. Yeah, thank you, Shane. Thanks well, for checking in. And there's the whole thing too with this push for wind and solar. I mean, they they, they work, uh, you know, to a degree, but really only under certain weather conditions, right? Whereas you've got you've got the coal plants. Uh, you know, it may take them a while to get warmed up and going, but once they are, you know, if you've got if you got it running low and you need to crank it up, you know, dramatically, you can do that almost immediately. Let's see, uh, Damon in South Austin. Good morning, Damon. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Yes, sir. <clears throat> hey, uh, Austin has a really long history of shooting itself in the foot when it comes to power plants, and uh, I don't know how many people remember the STNP mm-hmm. uh, nuclear project. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but on, on this. On this power plant, um, there's a great chance that if Austin gets out of it, the power plant's not going to shut down. Someone else will run the power plant and sell that electricity, and it will just continue to produce electricity uh, and burning whatever fuel they're burning. That's a good point, say, Damon. That's that's a good point. Austin getting out of it doesn't shut it down, even though no, Austin is the major player in it. I mean, the lower Colorado River Authority. Right. Uh, is 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 the major player in this, and and they're not getting out of the power generation business. No, it, it won't. It will not. It'll have zero effect on the greenhouse supposed greenhouse gases. Yeah. But I think the more important thing is if if we stay in, and we have a voice in how it's operated, uh, we can install better scrubbers. Uh, I think I think this power plant has some uh, old grandfathering waivers, mm-hmm. but we can update the scrubbers. We can convert to, to uh, LNG or uh, other fuels that burn cleaner than coal. And we could always just burn more expensive, very clean coal. That's also available. Yeah. So by, by walking away from it, we're going to guarantee that that thing uh, continues to offend the people it offends. But if we stay in and, uh, you know, steer the bus a little bit, we can actually, you know, we can make it a, a, a nice, a much nicer, much cleaner better option than it is now that's a good point damon getting out the way the mayor wants to then austin has no say whatsoever that's Mm -hmm. that's a good point and i know the lcra doesn't share the city of austin's uh emissions goals no no they do not you know so yeah austin may not get anything it wants but it may end up losing money The Texas Department of Transportation is asking for the public's input when it comes to ways to better link Austin to San Antonio. Now, TxDOT is conducting a planning and environmental linkage study to improve the safety and mobility along I-35 and is holding three open houses and one virtual option uh, coming up uh, Tuesday, tomorrow through this Thursday. Yeah, TxDOT's Pell study is uh, it's going to look at some of the potential improvements along uh, the 45-mile stretch between uh, Travis, Hayes, Calmel, Guadalupe counties from State Highway 45 Southeast to County Road 382, uh, Cibolo Valley Drive. Yeah, this section, of course, would include uh, San Marcos uh, and uh, a city that rethink I-35, San Marcos chapter, is led by Christina Johnson, says is no stranger to Austin and San Antonio in the world of politics. And while traffic from Austin to San Antonio has picked up quite a bit over the past few years, TxDOT says about 140,000 vehicles travel that section every single day. About 70% of San Marcos, which is um, between San Antonio and Austin, uh, leaves the city every single day to get to work, is what Johnson said. Traffic's atrocious. 
Now, the concern that Rethink 35 has is that TxDOT's alternatives will, uh, again, expand, will be including expanding the highway. The group Rethink I-35 doesn't want to expand the highway at all. Well, it, it, interestingly enough, though, uh, I believe it, w it was a... I, I think it was CBS or NBC down there in San Antonio had a, had a story about this, and they had a quote from somebody from Rethink I-35 down there in San Marcos and said something along the lines of, we think this is actually it's kind of cool. We haven't had anything that links Austin and San Antonio. To, so I, don't, I, I feel like I'm missing something because if you've got Rethink or I-35 who's, who's okay with you know just upgrades to the roadway between Austin and San Antonio – I, I, that just doesn't make sense. A group yeah. that fights so hard against it here. Right. Miriam Schoenfeld, she's with this, uh, she's a board member of Rethink 35. She says, when you expand an already congested highway, what does uh, this just encourage? More driving, more developments that depends on driving. So it means everyone is more dependent on getting around with a car, she says. And that's why it's never happened once that when you expand a freeway, it actually solves a congested problem. Uh, she, She's talking with CBS Austin. Now, the Pell study uh, will focus on how to best connect I-35 Capital Express South Project uh, in Travis County to the I-35 Northeast Expansion Project in Comal County. Some alternatives to the study will consider including low-cost operational strategies to increase the flow with signals or changeable message signs, uh, possibly adding an HOV lane, or, or ways to encourage things like bicycling, to uh, decrease car travel and adding one or two lanes on each side. Oh, you know, I remember the good old days when I was a kid. We used to ride our bikes from Austin to San Antonio and back every weekend. Oh, it was great. It was great. Good old times. They right? can't They can't be serious with a line like that. Oh, you no, can, you I, can I consider no, riding listen, your bike? Listen, those people mm -mm -mm. that put these politicians in office that are, uh, you know, pushing you out of your car or onto a bike, those people that voted for those people, they should. They should put their uh, put their feet to action. I mean, you you put these people in office, then yeah, you should get out of your car and get on a bike. Absolutely, Man. you should. I, I I I I don't know what you really could do between the two. I mean, we've watched it year after year after year. It seems like the two cities have just kind of grown closer and closer and closer together. And there used to be a time where there were little pockets of countryside still between the two, and now there's none. How do you? I mean, without like. Adding a train, which I'm not hearing about right now. How do you genuinely fix that? Yeah. You could add more lands. I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah, Rethink I-35's Miriam Schoenfeld talking to CBS Austin. People are so excited about the idea that they could just uh, get on a train and do work and relax and, and get to Austin. Poo -poo on that. In a very peaceful way. Johnson uh, said that she recently spoke uh, you know, about this with some of uh, the Save Our Springs Alliance group, an organization that essentially ensures that the springs of Austin and San Marcos are are clean, clean as possible. And uh, we're talking maybe a, a bus HOV lane or something like that is what she said. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to fix the problem? I guess so. I don't know. I'm thinking, you know, uh, Rethink I thirty Rethink 35 is, is uh, there. I don't think they're, they're understanding that people want to be in their cars. And no matter how you try to force, force them to think otherwise, I think most people understand that if I need to get from point A to point B between Austin and San Antonio, I'm driving to another city in which I do not live. Mm. Wouldn't mind making the short drive down there in my own car. We need more lanes, I think, if, if anything. you know. But it's kind of one of those situations where there are a lot of places you can't really expand outwards. So you might have to go up instead. Well, listen, I, I don't think these, uh, these, these people planners, these people that are trying to do people manipulation, trying to get people out of their cars and onto rickshaws and things like that in bike lanes. Right. 
The way cars are so expensive and the way insurance has gone up and the way that uh, repairs have just skyrocketed, I, I think they're going to I think uh, they're going to get what they want and more people out of their cars. Well, the, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. One way or another, the, people will find a way to force the issue, you know, but if I if let's say it were a train, you know, between the two cities, I, I might take it once for the novelty of it just to say I did it. And then after that, I'd probably never use it again. That's true. Certainly wouldn't take a bus uh, down there and, and, you know, when I could get down there so much more quickly and, and in the comfy confines of my private car. Mm-hmm. There are just so many. I, I I didn't hear anything in that story that that kind of explains how how they could how they could fix the corridor. But certainly, rethink well, thirty five like, ain't going to help. It sounds like uh, rewinding the interstate and adding some additional HOV lanes is something they have in mind. They're just taking public input. Yeah. That's what they're doing right now. In other words, they they're they're setting on a plan. They got an idea of what they want to do. They just haven't presented it yet. I am curious though. I, I am curious how how you would address that because they're, they're you know you, you run out of some room, like I said, to to expand outward in a lot of those places between the sure. Two. Between the two towns. Well, I got to do something because, you know, sooner or later we'll just be sitting in a big, long traffic jam. People are coming this way, right? Slaughter all the way down to Broadway. Yeah. I, I, I guess uh, we'll find out at some point what, what TxDOT has planned. It is uh, 923. Uh, you could join us at 512-836-0590. Hey, the Austin City Council, as you know, they passed a new resolution calling for uh, new guidelines for the use of artificial intelligence at City Hall. Councilwoman Vanessa Fuentes says that she believes integrating AI into the city's daily operations could have uh, some significant benefits. Also establish guidelines uh, to ensure that there's not any racial biases, um, that we are ensuring uh, data privacy rights. Yeah, Fuentes says Austin is among uh, the top tech hubs in America. That, uh, that Well, this definitely makes uh, makes sense for the city to move into the future this way. Well, there are some city departments that already are using AI. Prime example, the Austin Police Department. They rolled out their AI-generated uh, police reporting tool. Is it, is it racist AI? Because that's what she was concerned about. Well, I, I have what heard... What is she talking about, racist AI? Well, I, I think she wants to make sure that, uh, for example, I, I've heard reports that uh, facial recognition technology has a better... Uh, has a better success rate when identifying white faces as opposed to All non-white right. faces, things I don't think, like that. I don't think the city's using facial recognition, are they? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I imagine that probably would be part of, of their AI operations in one form or fashion. But, I mean, just as an example, when you, when you, bring, you. When you bring race specifically into AI, I mean, I kind of got to dig and say, well, I do know I have heard that argument. But, That's bad. That's bad. But, I get that. But, you know, here, here's the thing. If you're going to have AI that doesn't work, you know, for for everybody, then uh, you know, there's a, there's nothing wrong with the with the good old fashioned elbow grease. Well, I mean, some of the uh, some of the city services could be done, you know, computerized and AI, sure. right? So, I mean, sure. uh, per, the permitting process, mm-hmm. the permitting process could be dramatically improved. Accounting, accounting at city hall. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. She, uh, I, th- I think that she is is also wanting to make sure that there's. You know, it, it works very smoothly for all employees there, and uh, and and protects protects them. You know, from losing their job, say to maybe to AI for that matter. Let me squeeze in Nancy. Nancy, good morning. What's on your mind? Good morning, love yeah. show guys. Yes, Nancy. Um, you know, when I'm listening to these people talking about rethink I thirty five, I had to drive to San Antonio and back twice this week. Um, 
I was taking my daughter to the Epilepsy Foundation down there to go on a retreat. There's a, there's no way a train could have facilitated my doing that. But the drive was such a nightmare. And most of it was Austin. Sure. Getting yeah. through, I live in Cedar Park. Getting through Austin is an absolute nightmare. Mm-hmm. Two hours and 15 minutes to get down there. Leaving my house at 10 a.m. I, I don't know what these people are thinking. It Ugh. is a major thoroughfare. I mean, throughout the entire country. Yeah. What? From the I'm from sorry, the, from the border to uh, Minnesota. Yep. Yeah. Which is where I grew up. I grew up in Minneapolis. I, I had a customer of mine saying they were going to take a drive up 35 to uh, Minneapolis this this summer, and I just laughed. Yeah. Well, Nancy, Nancy, when you experience driving to San Antonio, is it just the congestion, so many cars, not enough lanes, that sort of thing? It's it's the congestion. Mm. It's all of it. Yeah. 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 So at, at the very least, they need more lanes through there. Yeah. Let me see. Uh, let's squeeze in. Uh, uh, Patrick is checking in from Atlanta. Patrick, good yes, morning. Sir. How y'all doing today? Great. Great. What's on your mind? Yes, sir. Uh, I lived in Austin for 40 years from uh, 68 2008, but one idea is just to go back and forth to, Austin, to San Antonio Austin all the time. My idea was if you guys or whoever does these planning, they want to rethink Austin, do something different. Uh, what if they had a train that you could, or some type of vehicle you could drive your car actually onto, haul that down to San Antonio, you drive off the train and then go on about your business and you still got your car with you. There you go. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That Pro- works. Problem solved. How about that? 931 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Yeah, you can jump in here at 512-836-0590. Brad Swell is with us as well. Good morning. Yeah, you want to weigh in on this uh, Fayette Power Plant? It's part of the Watson Wire. Uh, You know, the mayor wants to get out of... uh, the city's portion of the Fayette power plants. So what do you, what do you think? What's well, you know I love the Watson Wire. It's my favorite. I know favorite. you do. Every time you. it comes to my inbox, it's a big party. Crack yep. open the good stuff. Yep. You know, take mm-hmm. a little sip. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, they want to get out of the Fayette power plant, of course. You guys have talked about it many times. But every single city council since 2014 has committed to this, but it hasn't happened, and you have to ask the question why. Mm. So if you look at the Austin Energy Resource Generation and Climate Protection Plan, which oh, is their man. plan to go to... You know, I don't know, 93% reduction in uh, CO2 by 2030, I think. I think that's right. So they they want to commit to firm carbon reductions, but uh, there's a contingency there that the tech has to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to be affordable, and it has to be dependable. So okay. that's Austin Energy's stance. Yeah, okay. they, we're fine reducing our carbon footprint, but it's got to be right. That makes sense. It's yeah. got to be affordable, and the technology's got to be there. Well, they have customers that they have to meet, right? Yeah, yeah, so they, yeah. They yeah. have to do that. Uh, so they wow, say that's 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 hang on. Let's just pause for a second. That's good to hear, right? Yeah, that's good to hear that Austin Energy is pushing back against the politicians and those policy wonks. Well, don't get too excited. This oh, was okay. written in twenty twenty, I think twenty nineteen, maybe it was written several years ago. But um, you know, uh, let's see. Uh, Watson in his in the Watson Wire is saying that he doesn't even he cannot support the plan at all, even though he hasn't. I don't know. They're going to present it to council next month, but he can't support it. I don't even know if he's seen it. Right, wow. doesn't sound like he has. But Austin Energy says that they will maintain its current target to cease operations of Austin Energy's portion of the Fayette Power Plant coal plant by year end 2022. So that's come and gone, and they couldn't do it. It seems right because they, you know, the tech needs to be there. It needs to be affordable. It needs to be dependable. They're how they serve their customers. So 2022 comes and goes. They can't do it. And so Austin Energy seems to be keeping the Fayette power plant open because they can't achieve all their goals and still shut it down. 
which would be bad for customers. Right. Now, I know Austin Energy is on a mission to build uh, a new LNG plant as well. Uh, they, Natural gas is cheap and it's clean. And in fact, it's what keeps the state of Texas going big time. Yeah, absolutely. So they, the, the Austin Energy has a plan to build a power plant, but it's faced opposition from the, uh, what is it called? The Austin's Electric Utility Commission, right? So this commission, I spent some time looking up who these people are. I can't find them all because, you know, there's Let's a lot of people with the same names. What'd you learn? Uh, well, they're all activists. Of Every course. single one of them. Of course. Every single one of That's them. That's okay. It's that Austin. I could find any detail about, they're activists. Of course. They don't care about uh, the reliability or affordability. They care about an agenda. They're trying to save a planet is what they say. This planet? I think so. That's what they say, right? That's what they say. Uh, so they're pushing back on it, even though, so, you know, I don't I don't know what the plan is here, what's going to happen with Watson and everything. You know, he does say that affordability and reliability will continue to be part of our decision matrix. And we hear a lot about decision matrixes, matrices mm -hmm. in Austin when it comes to almost everything. And I don't know, we, I don't know, we, we're three guys in this room. We know a lot of people in Austin. We're the community, right? Do we care about anything else besides affordability and reliability? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. Was, what? We care about a lot of things. But as far as the energy from Austin Energy oh, goes. Oh, I got you. Yeah, you want it to be reliable when I need it the most, and I want it to be cheap. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Right? I don't think Austin has an air quality problem. No. No, I don't think so either. They they might tell you we do. Right, and they, they, they will tell you that. So this is the downsides of the government-owned utility. You know, you get, you get politics. Uh, Watson is presumably going to announce for his mayoral re-election. Mm -hmm. I'm actually kind of questioning that at this point, so but presumably I. he will, right? What do you mean? What do you mean you're questioning this? What do you mean? Why hasn't he done it yet? That's a good point. Right? You got Carmen Yanis Pulido. You got Kathy Tovo. And you got another guy. I can't remember. He's an LGBTQIA plus yep. dude. Uh, well, maybe Watson already has uh, all the money he needs. So he's still announced. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Well, I would think well, I mean, he would. If you, I mean, if you haven't announced, then they're not going to come after you, right? I mean, you, you, when you make that announcement, then they start attacking you, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe, maybe that's maybe that's what it is. Well, maybe maybe so. Maybe he's shoring up uh, his actions here so that when he does announce, he has lots of support. And so this is the downside of government-owned utility. You get politics and re-election bids instead of a quality product, right? Austin, Austin owns the energy plant, Austin Energy. They're going to put politics before... Anything else. They have an agenda, and it's a green right, agenda. Right. Right? So and We will pay the price. We will absolutely pay the price. Um, so, yeah, with, with the... I don't know what they're supposed to do. They closed the Fayette Power Plant, and they they don't want to do the, um, the, the liquid natural gas plant, which will eventually turn into hydrogen, according to Austin Energy. Mm -hmm. What are they going to do? Yeah, it's a great question. Right? More, more windmills? More what? Windmills? What is that? Windmill. What is that? What is the, a windmill? It's the, it's the twirly thing. The wind turbines. You're saying it the wrong way. Though. How do you say it? I say windmill. Windmill? Yeah. That's not right. How is it? How do you say it? Wind, wind, windmill. Huh? Windmill. Windmill. I don't know what you're saying. You windmill. Huh? You're saying wind, windmill. windmill. But you say it so fast, I didn't know what you were saying. Well, you know, saying. it's just, uh, I'm, a, I'm a southern boy. <laughs> Greg Kassar calls them wind turbines. That's right. That's wind turbines. Right. Wind turbines. Yes. I think that's a, is that a Middle Eastern thing? I don't know. Yes. Uh, yeah. Jump in here. 512-836-0590. Uh, the search for a new city manager, I guess, 
is ongoing, even though we've had some controversy, at least from one of the possible candidates. We and the four hundred and seventy-five thousand dollar a year job, kind of, kind of, basically, it was some sort of Zoom meeting with one of these candidates in their hometown that really blasted Austin, Texas. Four hundred seventy-five thousand. I think that's what yeah. the, why am I in this room? That's, that's, that's right. I need yeah. to contact the headhunters. Yeah, well, the, I mean, that's uh, that's what the going rate is for a city manager these days. I guess. For, uh, right? I mean, that sounds a little high. I don't so, know, but. So where are we on this? Where are we? That's a good question. I think that they're probably a lot further along than they really than they they want you to believe. Uh, there was another Watson Wire, my favorite day, my favorite thing, last Tuesday, uh, where I think him and a lot of other city council members sent out emails saying, "Hey, we want your input. Take this survey." My understanding is it was just a few questions, and by Friday it was closed. So you had Tuesday to Friday. If you don't get the Watson wire, I'm sorry, you are you are out of luck. That's right. You didn't get to take that survey. Well, they say they want to they want to they want to reach out and hear from the stakeholders when it comes to the search for a new city manager. Every time you hear the word stakeholder, your alarm bell should be it ringing should because, every single time because they mean the activist. That's what they is do. what they mean. That's what they mean. The stakeholders should be the people, the voters of Austin, Texas, the taxpayers. Yeah, they are the ultimate stakeholders. Yeah. Not the activist, but... Uh, so, yeah, Mo- Mosaic, the company that they hired to do this search, they've already reached out to the city council to get a list of stakeholders, quote-unquote, that they want to include in the process. And, of course, like we say, you know, who are, the, who are the loudest people that have been in opposition to our current manager, interim manager, and our previous manager? The well, the usual suspects. Yeah, the usual yeah. suspects. The usual, the, the defunders and the reimaginers of public safety. Absolutely. Yes. And the, the urbanists and the, the density zealots and the anti-I-35 people, all yeah. of those, they're the, they're the loudest people in the room. They are, they are considered the stakeholders. Yes, and, and I am not considered a stakeholder at all. No one's contacted me. Sure. Right? Nor us. Let's squeeze in a call here. Let's see. Uh, uh, Seth is in South Austin. Wants to weigh in on this uh, this AI resolution that the Austin City Council approved just last week. Uh, Seth, good morning. Good morning. So, yeah. are they just are they really concerned about the law that AI will cost jobs? Is that their main concern? Well, that's one of them. That's part of it. That's one of the concerns. Because that just goes with the territory. I mean, we had the Industrial Revolution and automation; jobs were lost. That's just going to happen. Yeah. That's part of the but, that's part of the technology switch, right? It's more efficient, which means fewer people. And yeah, I hear what uh, you're saying. Yeah, but but I must add that based on its the track record and policies of the city council, they are already practicing artificial insur- intelligence. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> we use the term intelligence very loosely. That's true. He did say if that. They, yeah. If they go, if they if they try to ban AI, if AI takes our jobs, doesn't that just give them more reason to do universal basic income? Sure. Well, maybe that's what they're going for. Nine forty-seven here on the Todd and Oz show. Yeah, you can jump in here at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. It was a, a Friday announcement from Governor Greg Abbott's uh, building a new. Uh, well, a new uh, command post, if you will, along the uh, southern border there at Eagle Pass. It's a new base uh, to push back on the wave of illegal immigration since the federal government's not doing its job. Here's uh, here's uh, the governor uh, over the weekend uh, making that announcement. Here he is. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, I'm not sure what's wrong with it. Here we go. You got it now? Here we what go. you see now is the first stage of construction has already begun on what is 80 acres 
uh, of an area to be built out for this base camp. Now, that'll house uh, National Guard troops. The governor says they're now staying in hotels, sometimes miles and miles away from the border. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's right there at Eagle Pass. And, uh, and, and to be honest, uh, according to the latest UT Texas politics poll, I, I think this is something that a majority of Texans supports. They, uh, an overwhelming majority, 58% support what Governor Greg Abbott's been doing along the border. Yeah, and I'm sure the other, what, I guess 42% maybe support some things, but all things. It's probably sure. not that black and white, but yeah, that's a big number. But here in Austin, uh, and we've talked about this before, but here it is on this upcoming city council uh, uh, meeting, item 49, they're going to give even more money for illegal immigrants to, uh, I guess, stay here. More legal battles for illegals. So they're here, and and the city of Austin is paying for their legal services. Is that what is that what I'm getting? Yeah. To yeah. To, to seek citizenship. Yeah, I don't know. No. Just not just not get deported to stabilize their gotcha. yes. their status. So uh, they're going to give more money to a company called American Gateways. Uh, so well, this gonna... is the kind of thing that draws people to our country illegally. Yeah. Right. Well, it's it's two hundred ten thousand dollars on top of the already almost two million dollars that they've spent. This has been going on since at least two thousand nineteen. And if a majority of Texans supports Governor Greg Abbott doing what he can to stop the flow of illegal immigration, then I would think that the Austin voters are doing everything they can in the opposite direction to encourage more illegal immigration. This is what the voters are doing. Well, I, don't, I guess maybe the voters are doing it. Certainly city council's doing it. Well, right. that's who they put in office. I, they mm-hmm. did, but I mean, the city council, how many times do they talk about giving money to illegal immigrants, uh, legal battles yeah. on the campaign trail? Yeah. Probably zero times. Probably. I don't know. Probably. But, you know, I, I, if I'm in the middle of a legal battle, can I reach out to the city of Austin for some money to pay for that? It gets very expensive. Yeah. Very, very expensive. And you're a citizen. You're a taxpayer. I am a taxpayer and a citizen. A pillar in this community. That's what a lot of people say. Yes. Yeah, I think there's a Facebook group. About what do you that. make of this? So what do you, you, you this is obviously uh, not good, right? Well, I don't think that it's good, but uh, and a lot of that has to do with the the economic impact of this. We we are constantly told from all the city council members that we are in an affordability crisis, and if we have people that live here illegally, I don't know where they're living if not in apartments or houses or wherever. You know, increasing the demand, it certainly can't help sure. the affordability crisis. No, it cannot. And if you have them, if you, if you, there's a big push to get more women in construction. We've talked about that before, right? Right. I don't. I, I what? How much? How how much less do illegals work for? Right. They're, do they? They keep. Well, I don't know. I think so. They keep the wages down. I would think low skilled workers coming in, doing whatever job they can do. And that's going to lower the, 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 the wages for everybody else. You're a high school student, a college student, try to get a part-time job. Well, you know, this guy over here will work for less than you. I'm going to hire him. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, it makes sense. You know, I mean, if, if employers are trying to save a couple bucks, if that's the route they'd go. Aren't employers trying to save a couple bucks? Well, this uh, border Almost search continues to shift uh, to the West following uh, some strict security measures uh, that have been taken by the state of Texas. Yeah, a small town near San Diego is emerging as one of the new hotspots for migrants, illegal crossings. Newsman Bill Malusian, he checks in from, uh, what is it, uh, Hacumba, California? Is that, Hacumba? Is that how you say Matata. it? Matata. Say it again? 
Matata, Hakumba Matata. Hakumba. We're about an hour east of downtown San Diego right now. This is a very remote area that has seen an explosion of crossings from Chinese migrants and Middle Eastern migrants. This is the area the cartel has been pushing them across for some reason, camped out off a major interstate out here, waiting for Border Patrol to pick them up. This is right off of Interstate 8 out here in San Diego County, a main thoroughfare. There was not a single Border Patrol agent out here for hours when I was out here. All these people waiting to be picked up, some from China, some from Turkey, some from Central America. They were just waiting. Yeah. Now, uh, the number of Chinese migrant encounters has uh, it's it's risen substantially. The Border Patrol sources tell Fox News that there's been more than uh, 20,000 Chinese nationals uh, encountered since October the 1st. There was only 450 of these uh, Chinese national encounters uh, in the fiscal year 2021 alone. How did they get over there so fast to San Diego, right? It was all about Texas about six months ago in December and, you know, before. Now they're all the way west of there. They've crossed the, I don't know, the that gulf. They're in Baja, Sur, California. Mm-hmm. And now they're going, how did they get over there so fast? That's a great question. I, 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 first guess, cartels. Yeah, somebody's helping them. They got buses? Maybe they're taking Capital Metro buses. I don't know. I mean, it's, but it's a great question because... You're talking a thousand miles away, right? Yeah, I mean they just came from thousands of miles south. They went up here, and now they got to go a thousand miles to the left, west, yeah. left. Yeah, they go left. They turn yeah. left at yeah. the border. Yeah, that's a great question. How are they getting there now? Right, that last leg. Well, the Chinese, these Chinese immigrants, I see they they all have means. They look like they got money. You know, they look they like they, they have nice luggage. And they're very clear. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like they've been walking through the rugged, uh, you know, harsh land for days and days, and they're not all filthy and. A lot of them are showing up just like just like everywhere else, you know, the, the men, and this, not so much the, the women and children. This item number 49, the $2 million to help uh, with legal expenses of illegal aliens. $200,000 on top of the $2 million already spent. Does that make Austin, Texas a sanctuary city? I think, our, I, yeah, I guess. I, I, I think mean, the, city, the city has always fought against the official tag of sanctuary city. No, they only began fighting against that official tag when former police chief Acevedo referred to this city as a sanctuary city when they first hired him. It All was right. on the police website. He said it out loud during his one of his first press conferences, and ever since then okay. they've been pushing back on it. But. This item number 49, I think that right there makes you a sanctuary city, right? I would think so. Yeah. I mean, where you put your money. And Art Osvedo yeah. surely had lots of conversations with people. He didn't say that for nothing. It's true. Uh, Dana, Pflugerville, real quick, Dana. Well, I just think that the city council, all of them, it's a dereliction of duty. For them to support illegals is on over and above what they support their citizens. Mm. Their job is to provide safety and fire and EMS and clean water and power, and yet they're not doing that. They're just following the lead of their federal government that does the same thing on a grander scale. The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ. Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults aged 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ.